Welcome to Festival Nation on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Here's your host, Marla Davies. Hey now, it's Marla Davies, your host of Festival Nation, where we celebrate the magical world of music festivals. While most festivals have been canceled for the 2020 season, a few brave souls are still forging ahead with live festivals. Not many, albeit, and for those pushing ahead with their live events, they have become controversial. The first live festival to go on as scheduled was the Herd Immunity Festival, which changed its name to the July Mini Fest after some negative press, backlash, and some bands dropping out, too. The event was on July 16th through the 19th in Wisconsin. It was the first rock festival featuring major acts to take place since the pandemic started. Among the 15 acts on the bill were Static X, Dope, Saving Abel, Adelita's Way, and 90s powerhouse band Sponge. It was a hard rock festival and the promoters took a chance and went ahead with it. Pictures popped up on Facebook all weekend to mixed reviews. What I saw was people mostly spaced out in their groups, staying distanced. Although at night, it did seem to get a little crowded. The attendance was greatly reduced, actually by a quarter. Instead of 10,000 people, there were 2,500. The promoters posted on Facebook that things are great and people are being respectful with social distancing. It proves live music can be done during these times. Organizers even asked fans, if possible, to come up early to help set up because a rainstorm earlier in the week slowed down pre-production. And they did. The festival seemed to go off without a hitch, and at this point, we didn't see any spikes in COVID-19 in the aftermath of the event. With us today on Festival Nation is Vin Dombrowski from Sponge, who said they gave it a chance, and maybe there's something that will shed some light on how to do these things. He said it was the safest bet he's seen so far, and the band went with an open mind and a little apprehension. Vinny says he saw a fan socially distancing, saying he was a little surprised, but his experience was a positive one, as risky as it sounded. Today on Festival Nation, you'll hear about Sponge's early days on the Lollapalooza tour, how the band survived and thrived since the 1990s, and why they're not afraid to go old school and hop in a van for a show. And you'll also hear a first-hand account of one of the only live festivals in 2020, the Herd Immunity Festival, otherwise known as the July Minifest. Please welcome Vinny Dombrowski. How you doing, Vinny? Well, doing okay so far, as far as I can tell. How you been? I've been good. I mean, it's just, you know, well, I do a podcast about festivals, so that kind of sucks. Yeah, right. Exactly. But, you know, hanging in there, right? Yeah, I mean, a few festivals that we're actually seeing, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty insane. I know, I'm looking at your tour schedule that I'm just looking at what you had planned for 2020, and I'm wondering how far did you get through that tour? Did you get to Pittsburgh? That's my hometown, Pittsburgh. Did you ever get there on March 19th? No, 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 we never did that. It got rescheduled. The rescheduled date was probably the date that we just, like, tore off the calendar, which was... Likely um, August 13, which was today, I think, oh. or the 14th. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, th- those dates kept getting pushed back, and now I think the reschedule is 2021. Yeah. We have one date in New Jersey we're doing on Saturday because it was a, um, you know, it's an outdoor thing, and they feel that they can, you know, do the events with multiple bands and do half their capacity 
and make a go of it. So I've been in contact with the promoter several times just to see if anything has changed. And so it's still full steam ahead. So we're going to drive Saturday to Jersey from Detroit. So it's not. Quite oh, that. my. That's the yeah. glam. That's the glamorous life, Vinny. Well, you know what? That's I guess people just don't know that about the band Sponge. <laughs> we we'll go, you know, we got this first record, we got the second record, but then, you know, what happened to you guys? And little do they know that we've been nonstop putting out records and doing gigs, and we're just still able and willing to get in the van to go do this stuff. Although there are times where, like in March, we were on the West Coast, we flew out there and we flew back, but you know, we would prefer to fly to Jersey, but uh, we we drive to the East Coast all the time, and it seems to be one of the hot spots for us over the last 10 years. So, you know, we just get on the turnpike and go. Very good. You know, I'm looking at the coronavirus and this pandemic and how oh, festivals are reinventing itself. Congratulations. I mean, dude, you are the king of reinvention. I mean, you kept Sponge alive since the 90s, God forbid. And you have not really stopped. People say, oh, yeah, what happened to Sponge? But Sponge is still going, right? I mean, just like you said, you guys haven't stopped and you certainly haven't. No, there was no need to stop. You know, I we had the great privilege of um, during the Lollapalooza in 96, you know, there's so many great bands on, on, on that particular tour. You know, we're talking Soundgarden and Metallica and then, you know, Devo would drop in or Rage Against the Machine would drop in and, and um, the Ramones would drop in. But we shared the second stage with uh, the Melvins yeah, in a band called the Cows. So, you know, we uh, got a chance to talk and hang out with Buzz many times uh, from the Melvins. And um, Buzz presented this business model to me one time. He said, then if I can go out, uh, put a record out once a year and make a modest living, I think he would throw out the number 40 grand. I can't hold him to that, but do, you know, do that all once a year, make a record and go tour and make a decent living, a modest living. He said, I'm going to continue doing that. And it really, it really stuck with me. And um, I think that business model has kind of worked for us along the way uh, for, for many years, provided that everybody's willing to get, get in the van. You know, a lot of bands aren't willing to do that. You know, they want tour buses and they want flights and, a lot of the nicer accommodations. Sure. We've been, you know, we got a great group of guys out here that have been willing to travel like that. So, you know, honestly, um, a, a, a majority of our income is derived from being out there on the road and it's because you don't sell records anymore. So yeah. the last thing that has been taken from us is a thing that made us money. So it's, it's, it's kind of like just a, a jaw dropping, eye opening, like what the hell happened? Right. <laughs> I know? mean, so many of my, you know, my musician friends, you know, Oh, going virtual. I know you guys are doing that too, but you know, that is your moneymakers touring and without all the, you know, the shows, it's really rough. It's rough. And I mean, it's rough for us lovers of music too. You know, it's like, geez, I'm dying to see a live show. God forbid. Oh, without a doubt. You know, and some promoters are really sticking their necks out to try to make something happen. You know, admit uh, with the virus going on and the, 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 uh, I guess the backlash from social media, it's, it's really tough. Um, but what, what we found 
playing out in Ringle, Wisconsin. Yeah, at the Herd Festival, Herd Immunity, which of course they changed the name. I kind of like I I you say it like it is, you know. I I thought it had a catchy title. Just saying. Well, without a doubt, but you know, if you want to really catch the ear of social media, the attention of social media, you know, definitely you have a a, a name like that, you know. So the immediate there was immediate just like <clears throat> backlash and bands. Um, dropping dropping out thing, but you know, let's face it, the the types of crowds that are coming to see a band like Sponge, you know, they're they're much older uh, than they were. Let's face it, it's not Club La Villa or La Villa in Panama City, Florida, doing an MTV Spring Break concert. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is this is like folks that are like hardcore. You know, they they want to come out. They a lot of folks had their trailers with them. They were camping. They uh-huh. had their kids with them. And social distancing for that particular event seemed to be a very natural thing for people to do. It's not like you had to tell anybody. You know, there were groups of families hanging out together, but everybody seemed to be distancing themselves, you know, whether it was in the uh, the line for beer or whether it was, um, you know, the, the crowd in front of the stage. And I'm not saying there was a crowd in front of the stage. They had a barricade, but everybody was spaced like in rows and there weren't even like, you know, markings on the grass. You know, people just were doing it instinctively because I think people have gotten accustomed to life during a pandemic. Yeah. Well, you guys were, I mean, the Herd Immunity Festival, or the three-day mini festival, that was in July. So that was, we. it's been a little while. I mean, everyone was freaked out when they heard about it you know it's like what i mean this there was the first festival with national act sponges there you're saying yeah a little older crowd. it was like kind of more of a heavy heavy metal but you guys are kind of 90s powerhouse guys i can't believe it's been 25 years since plowed by the way that makes me feel kind of old oh yeah but it's gone by like right like ash and you know to put it in the context it's like if we can just say elvis presley came out in 1953 right after the death of hank williams I go, well, Elvis was doing his comeback 18 years later in 1968. So you're doing your comeback in 15 years, you know what I'm saying? And the, how long did the Beatles last? We're talking 25 <laughs> years for riding Pinata. You know, I looked at Iggy Pop's career. I go, my God, you know, Iggy Pop back in the day with the Stooges. Fast forward 25 years, it probably put him on the road with Sponge in 1997. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's funny. It's just like when I put it in that kind of perspective, I just go, wow, that's a lot of real estate in years. You know what I mean? I know. You know, I was a 90s alternative DJ, so we played Sponge, and so I knew I was going to talk to you today. So I have an enormous CD collection, which is so outright. I mean, it's like, you have CDs? What? You know, everyone's streaming. Anyway, I pulled pulled out my rotting pinata. I'm looking at it right now. And also Wax Ecstatic. Right here yeah. in my hands. Here they are. Wow. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I feel like, I, you know, I I loved ni- the 90s whole scene, the whole, all of it, everything about it. So it was great to see you on the bill. I mean, it was kind of a brave move for you, though. I mean, because a couple bands dropped out of the herd immunity. I, I, I'm sorry I keep calling it that, but I, I just can't help it. The three-day mini festival in Wisconsin. But you guys were like, we're going to do it. Was there any hesitation? Uh initially none whatsoever simply because um i'm i'm looking for the best i'm hoping for the best and i had to settle myself down on the ride out because after i accepted to do the gig you know you start thinking on that long 10-hour drive you're going 
you know, what are we looking at? And then, I, of course, I had friends texting me going, you're not doing that gig, are you? So I started thinking about it, and I'm, I'm going, why why am I kind of diverting from my normal mental posture, which is like I'm expecting the best out of a promoter. All of a sudden, I started to expect the worst, and I go, and I, so I started texting my friends back that were critical of this, and I'm going, you know what? Let's just see if they do this right, and maybe we can all learn something from it, and I'll be doggone. You know, I didn't hear any bad negative feedback after we performed, nor did I hear any negative feedback about the rest of the weekend. So I just go, okay, so we got through that. Now, you know, of course, we're looking at Sturgis right now. You know, everybody's been talking about Sturgis all over the news, and um, I don't know what they're putting in place at the venues. Of course, you know what you see on social media, and you know what you hear about on the news, but, you know, if we, you and I were there, what would we see in regards to uh, any kind of safety precautions put in place for that that festival? Right. I mean, I guess, the, you know, the herd immunity three-day mini-fest, they did not, the capacity was 10,000, and they had, you know, like, a, what, 2,500 people? So, Oh, absolutely, yes. So you really, that's what we're seeing more. I mean, it's going to be, what do you think? I mean, you saw that, you, you were there at the festival, you drove out there, you were, you performed on Thursday. Did you guys stick around? Did you stay a little bit or did you go head back home or did, what'd you do? We hung around uh, for a hot minute to uh, finish up um, selling some merch. Uh, typically, if we're doing a date that's that far from home, we have other dates strung together, you know, to, to kind of make it worth work it. our way. Yeah. yeah, to route our way there and back. Um, had we had another date the next day, we would have hung around. But, um, you know, we basically got finished up not for lack of wanting to hang around we would love to hang around it wasn't like we we're going we got to get out of here because we're afraid we're going to get ill Sick, or something like right. that yeah it was just like we had planned on leaving just like the gig in jersey this saturday you know we're going to head out there in the morning play our show and we're going to drive back uh, you know and we just talked about this you know we had two dates on uh, today and uh, another date uh, tomorrow uh, that was booked that, that basically those dates were club dates and they canceled. Yeah. However, the date in Jersey didn't cancel out. They want to go forward with it. And they, you know, we go, well, we'll make the drive then we'll honor the contract and we'll, we'll make our way out there. So it's the same type of thing. You know, are we concerned? You know, I, you know, we've done one of these things before I've been out with some of my other bands doing different gigs and it seems like everybody's kind of, you know, at an arm's length everywhere. You know, you certainly you got this guy that's been drinking too much that uh, wants to get in your face and chit chat. Yeah. But for the most part, people are arm's length and they're kind of respecting your, you know, the safe space, I guess. Yeah. You know, I went to the beach. We live in California, right? So I went to the beach yesterday, Santa Cruz, and it was weird, you know, and I'm looking around and I, same thing as you must have seen. And it looks different on social. I didn't post on social media because I thought, you know what, this is going to look bad, and it it looks worse than it was. Most people were staying like in their little pod area, but it if you look at it as in mass, you know, families are together, people in their you know their nucleus are together, so it looks more gathered than it really was. But it was socially distanced, so I'm sure. That's the way it goes. And in San Francisco, they have actually have circles in Dolores Park. So they have their social circles. So, you know, right. 
everyone's kind of trying to reinvent this situation. Club gigs are really hard, though, because they're indoors. And so that's making it, you know, the, I'm just sure you're not getting club all the club gigs. It's just really hard for the small clubs to keep it going. Oh, it's impossible. The dates that we had today and tomorrow were both club dates. It was um, Craft House. I believe it was in Pittsburgh. And then we had another club, Kung Fu Necktie in Philly. Um, both of those days were canceled. Uh, we had several opportunities to play the machine shop, uh, another just, just great rock club. And everybody's in the country seems to know about the machine shop in Flint. Uh-huh. Our pal Kevin Zanke, he, uh, booked us and kept pushing the date back, back, back again. The last time we pushed it back, uh, prior to moving it to 2021 was, um, uh, we were there September, 18th and uh it's still there's no hope on the horizon so kevin pushed it to 2021 yeah and that that's who i feel like i think about our friends over at the whiskey go-go um you know mike and amy and i just go what you know what what have they been able to do or you know over the rainbow you know i just we were at the we we're at the rainbow playing a festival last summer about a year ago this time almost you know uh-huh. and we, we had a ball you know we were playing with a bunch of like different you know like i guess metal bands but you know we felt like the odd man out on 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 the event but it was a blast and just thinking about everybody shoulder to shoulder and right hey for a rock and roll festival behind the rainbow i go what's going on over there now i feel bad for these folks that have made their livelihood from owning a, a rock club festival nation celebrating the magical world of music festivals since we love to celebrate live music here on Festival Nation, let's listen to Sponge performing their hit Plowed at the Emerald Theater in Mount Clemens, Michigan in 2014. Only chance to 
magic of live music. I'm Marla Davies, your host of Festival Nation. Coming up on the show, you'll hear more from Vin Dombrowski from Sponge. You'll hear about Vin's thrill of playing live and his love of loud music and amps and how you can connect with Sponge virtually. All that on the way. More after this. Festival Nation, celebrating the magical world of music festivals. I'm Marla Davies, host of Festival Nation. Today we're talking to Vinny Dombrowski from Sponge, who recently performed live at the July Mini Festival, otherwise known as the Herd Immunity Festival in Wisconsin. It was the first rock festival featuring major acts to take place since the pandemic started. As the whole music world is changing during this pandemic, Sponge has managed to still play at selected events this summer. Vinny, I'm really impressed that you've persevered and actually been able to perform in 2020 live. <laughs> you guys have a tenacity. You're from Detroit. I mean, you're, you're you know, that's tough. Not that's tough. That's tough. You know what I mean? You're you've got tough knocks, right? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting you bring it up in that um, when we think about the different environment that existed and in some situations exist for us today of the types of situations we played and the, just the lack of wholesomeness that was rock and roll. It's like typically like that. I think in the early days for a lot of bands, but you know, it's just like you go honest, the environment, the situations you put yourself in back then certainly could have and should have killed you. You know what I mean? Honest. And, you know, we can go back and talk about, you know, you know, there, there were club shootings in Detroit and, and places that we played. We had our van riddled with bullets while we were in it, driving down seven mile by Gratiot Avenue. You know, it's just, these stories just go on and on and on. And you just sit and go, you know, it wasn't ideal. It will never be ideal. So I go, I, a virus, when I think about me, I'm not worried about me, period. I know that most bands are concerned 
about the the safety of their audience and and the light at the end of the tunnel. And I was just talking to a friend of mine from Live Nation. I did an acoustic performance. I'll probably be doing more acoustic performances, like solo acoustic performances in the future, because uh, those can kind of be kept under control uh, crowd-wise and uh, uh, as far as numbers go. But my friend from Live Nation mentioned this. What could happen with a lot of the clubs and what we've seen with like UFC fights is a pay-per-view. So, for example, mm-hmm. you know, you you have a um, a maximum of the capacity that a club can have in it. People come, they pay for a you know a ticket to be inside the club. One, you're either you know watching the band live and it's being broadcast out, or you've come into the club to watch a performance like a UFC fight would be inside the club on a big screen and you pay for that, you know? So, oh, so it, you're still together, could, get a community feel, but that still isn't the same as, you know, seeing you live. Don't you think it's going to be a little more exclusive as we go forward? Cause that's kind of the way I'm thinking. Oh, I just hope that it's just not one of those things to where ticket prices are just insane. Right? And it really pushes out like, like, you know, folks that don't have a lot of money to go see a concert. But I think this could be the new model in that. So you may be able to go see a band. A band comes to the area. The club, again, the club can only be filled with a, like, let's just say it's half capacity. But Mm -hmm. where the club, now say, for example, you're in the Whiskey A Go-Go. Whiskey is doing half capacity. But, you know, but maybe they make up what they've lost in ticket sales for the room by simulcasting the performance out to different clubs, you know, all over the world, Ah, you know, mm -hmm. that, that idea kind of makes up for the lack of ticket sales inside the club. You're offering basically, you know, um, you know, slipknot at the whiskey, a go-go and you got, you know, 150 people in the room, but then it's simulcast all over the world, you know, and I go, that could make up for lack of ticket sales in a venue. So, I go, that that could be an interesting model moving forward, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, because the festival thing, I mean, you can because it's outside and we live in California, so we have great weather. And so suddenly everyone's kind of, you know, going, hey, I can't believe it's taken this long, honestly, for people to go, whoa, we should just move stuff outside. Duh. And, you know, it takes a pandemic sometimes to figure these things out. So we should take advantage of the beautiful weather. Now, Detroit is not as beautiful. I mean, I'm from Pittsburgh, so I know it gets cold. <laughs> you can't be doing stuff outside, of, you know, the winter. But, you know, I mean, we got to we got to kind of adapt the situation. I like what you're talking about I mean, in terms of clubs. And, you know, honestly, Vinny, some people are glad they don't have to go to clubs because, I mean, I am a junkie, like a music junkie. So I love to go and get dressed up go out but some these introvert people are like oh thank god i don't have to fight the crowds anymore i can just stay home and watch these things yeah but you're right it's just not the same it's not the same you gotta be it got you really gotta be in the room you really gotta enjoy uh the adventure the adventure of it all the adventure that's correct so it's just you know i sit and go the outdoor option is great they've been doing these drive-in type of concerts which i go okay that's 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 Okay. We're moving closer. However, what we're dealing with in Michigan, even with outdoor events, they're limited to a hundred people. So you just go, how you know how, how do we make the equation work with a hundred people? The driving thing I like, but you're not selling alcohol to people sitting in a car. So I just right. go, how do you do it with concessions? You know, so we're dealing with that aspect as well. You know, it's it would be different if it was like, okay, we can't do rock clubs. 
but the rock club can host a concert in their parking lot mm-hmm. and pack, pack the hell out of it. Right. And we're all good to go. But the problem is here in Michigan, it's limited to a hundred people. So how do you make it work with a hundred people? Right. And you know, who were the hundred is what I want to know. You know what I mean? How do you become one of those hundred? That's what I mean. I rock is supposed to be, you know, you know, all come on one, come all. I'm all in, you know, inclusive and let's go pack it in. And when you only have a hundred people, it's like, well, how is it a lottery? I mean, or is it just rich people? You know, how does, how does the hundred get selected? (laughs) Rich people. It's rock and roll. You know, when you look back in the early days of the infancy of like large festivals, you know, and of course let's, let's talk about, you know, like Woodstock, was on the heels of the Hong Kong flu. And somebody had to remind me of that I was born in 1962. So the Hong Kong flu was like 1969. And I, I, I do remember the Hong Kong flu and being a little bit scared about the idea and remembering years after that, asking my folks, you know, do I have the Hong Kong flu? But from How what I understand. funny. I don't remember well, the Hong Kong flu. Yes. You can look it up. Woodstock <laughs> was, Woodstock was delayed. Um, because of the Hong Kong flu, it was a very similar type of uh, virus that we're experiencing today. Uh, but, I mean, it was stuffed way back in the deep pages of the, the, uh, the newspaper, so many people didn't know about it, but people were aware. But they still, you know, went out into the field out there in New York mm-hmm. to experience this great rock festival. Who paid for that? You know what I mean? Who, who had money for that? But back then, it's just like, Nobody had money to go to the Grandy Ballroom, but people went to the Grandy Ballroom in Detroit, you know? So it's just like these days, ticket sales have gone through the through the roof, oh, hopefully. Yeah. I feel the same way you do. Is is rock and roll going to be experienced by the elite only? Mm-hmm. I certainly hope not. Because, yeah, I mean, honestly, the fun people are the regular people. You know what I mean? You know, I'm, I'm a middle-class girl, so I, I want to be able to go to all these shows. And honestly, Vinny, I got to tell you, I, you know, I've been in radio my whole career and we used to get a lot of free tickets, but it doesn't happen as much anymore. And now there's really no tickets, but I was kind of not in 2019. I was kind of like, I can't afford to go to this festival and this one. So my budget restrained me from going to as many shows as I really wanted to. Yes. Right. I mean, you had to make choices. And now I'm looking back at 2019 thinking, crap. Who cares? I wish I'd gone to that and that and that and driven to, you know, freaking Jersey to see Sponge, God forbid. Oh, man. Yeah, we we just we had a great year last year uh, doing dates. We had a great year lined up already this year, and it was just all kind of torpedoed. But, you know, I, I brought this up before. Dave Grohl has had, did a uh, piece in The Atlantic, and it's, it's online. You know, if you Google Dave Grohl. Uh, and the Atlantic, he really summed it up for everybody, I think. And it was, uh, oh, what, what, what's the title of this thing? I love, I'll, and I'll, I'll find it and put the link on the show notes to this podcast, by yeah, the way. It's, oh, yeah. It's called The Irreplaceable Thrill of the Rock. Okay. So, I mean, he just really summed it up, man. I mean, he crushed it. I think it's a 10-minute it's a, a read or okay. so, but it's just a great article. And he really nailed it, man. And it, it made me kind of... Uh, you know, want to cry? Yeah, I was weeping, man. I'm just like, shit, this guy crushed it, man. I go, he couldn't have, no one could have, I think, put it better than Dave. So it, it's a great read. Because I love rock and roll so much, and I know you too. I mean, you're, we're like-minded. Dave Grohl, Tom Petty loved rock and roll. You know, we, 
I just, I, there's just no other thing for me. There ain't nothing else for me. And my kid is 16 and he's like, mom, you know, rock's kind of dead. I'm like, what? I know. <laughs> makes me want to cry, Vinny. Makes me want to cry. But you know, it doesn't matter because it, it, nothing's changing for me. It'll come back around, you know. Ah, uh, you know, it's maybe it's a, it's a state of mind and a lifestyle too. So there you go. Vinny Dombrowski from sponge. Well, you know, you've been, you've been reinventing yourself. So let's talk a little bit about your virtual things that you've been doing the make it up as you go shows. How do, how do you feel about doing the virtual things? Are you making any money doing that? Well, I mean, it's certainly just one of those things where you just throw it out there. And I never thought about doing anything like that. Uh, I had planned on doing some of these things with the band, you know, or maybe the Orbitsons, my, my kind of outlaw country band. But um, everybody was just apprehensive about being in a room, for God's sakes. Everybody was kind of freaked out. And I'm like, you know, we had schedules and things that ended up getting canceled. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go turn the computer on and I'm going to start uh, doing Facebook live once a week while we were locked down. And after the lockdown ended, I guess technically lockdown, um, I just kept doing them and I plan on continuing them. Uh, they're called the beer sessions. You yes. Know? Your and, new album too, right? It just correlates yeah, perfect well, together. Most recent one that we did. So uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoy getting out there and, and playing some songs and talking about beer or anything else that <laughs> might be relevant in that week and, and just having some fun, you know, reading some of the comments on Facebook and, you know, if we make a little money or I make a little money doing it. So be it. So it, it, it is definitely a, a fun thing to do. Are you making money with like a tip jar type thing like Venmo or? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I put up some links and do that kind of thing. So it's been, it's been helpful for that, but it, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of, you know, I'm a DJ and I love vinyl and this pandemic has made me basically uh, alphabetize my vinyl collection, which is, was daunting. And I started this, the virtual thing is same as you. And I started these vinyl parties on Saturday night. So I play vinyl on Facebook live and I kept going too. I've been doing it since it, this whole thing started in it. You know, I started in April, so it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, so there is some, if you can take away anything positive about the pandemic, what would it be for you? Well, when you use the word, you know, the reinvention, I just go, you know, I would not have thought about doing that kind of thing. And it's, it's kind of, propelled me into doing um, live acoustic solo gigs. You know, I, I just never thought about doing, I like I liked performing with a band because it seems to present the songs the way they should be presented. However, just sitting down and working out sponge songs I don't typically play or some, you know, um, songs from other groups or artists that I enjoy, I'll learn those as well. So I've kind of put together a decent repertoire of things, I go, it's kind of cool. So if I've gotten anything out of that, uh, it would be, it would be, uh, you know, just having that new repertoire and a new way to go out there and present the music. Plus you know, I got to tell you, Marl, I, I like, I get a kick out of doing it. I really, I look, when I don't do it, I'm bummed out. I can't do it this week, but um, I look forward to the doing the show. Me too. It's funny. I get, um, I can't wait to, you know, catch on to your stuff and yeah, it's been just fun you know, just doing what we love, right? Getting out there and doing what we love. Absolutely. Yep. yep. I'd love chatting with you. I have a couple more just quick little things I hadn't gotten to. Well, you know, 
I love your Outlaw Country band. That's great. And then you got, you got, was it Crud? Crud, yeah. We've been doing Crud for like 20 years. No way. Yeah. Really? See, yeah. I didn't know that. I'm sorry I've missed you guys. Yeah, that, that's been a lot of fun too. A lot of fun. You know, I just, I've, I got a real kick out of just, uh, you know, writing and recording the music. And of course the live gigs have always been, you know, such a blast. We've managed to do some pretty cool gigs over the years with that band. So I've always been, you know, thrilled to do it. We don't do it often, you know, often as we should, but it's always a real, real blast. Very special. As a musician, we're just because you were talking about the virtual and we're saying, you know, yeah, we're doing that. And it's, it's been great. But as a musician, what's the thrill of playing live? What is it that you get back? You know, I'm just, I'm more apt to want to play live than record. I love writing, but I love writing and going out to play the songs. Like playing the gig and just the sheer volume of a rock band and hearing those songs through a PA that is louder than anything you could possibly play it on. It's not as loud as your car. It's not as loud as your home stereo. Just to have the amps fired up in a room with the drums and the vocals just cranking is just the thrill that you, you really have to, you have to experience to, to, to really understand it. The next best thing is going to watch a band. And that to me is just like, it's, it's a thrill beyond words. It's just like such an adrenaline rush and it always will be. I'm just a sucker for loud amps and feedback, you know, <laughs> give me loud amps and feedback anytime and I'm sold. That's it. Period. You know, that's a really good point. Me too. Because I feel like when you go see a mute, you know, a band and it's super loud, you feel the music. It's not just listening to it. You're like part of it somehow. And it's the energy is just, you know, when the hairs on your head start to stand up straight. That's oh, good it's, stuff. It's, it's Motorhead at Harpo's back in 1980, whatever it was, when they claimed to be the loudest band on earth. I was under the balcony all the way at the back of the theater, and it was the m most incredibly loud thing I ever heard regarding a concert. It was just awesome. And with all this loud music, do you still have pretty good hearing, or has there been some sacrifice? Hearing is shot and it's progressive <laughs> because I got to turn up, you know, I'm recording and, you know, I sit and turn everything up loud. So it's, I know it's just, it's awful, but it's progressive. So my hearing is shot. I'm sure, I'm sure. I, and I mean, I, I've been under headphones forever and it's weird. Again, my kid is 16 and he's it's always like, mom, could you turn that music down? Music down when it's, it's in the headphones. Well, no, usually I'm blasting. Now I'm just, I, we blast music all the time. We're always blasting music. And my, my kid's like, it's so loud. <laughs> the world has changed, man, since we were kids. When I was a kid, my parents used to tell me to turn the music down too. It's like the weird <laughs> parallel universe or something's happening here. Well, you know, we were talking, right. to, when you, when you're at playing a show, what do you get back from the audience? You know, it's what we give, what we give each other. You know, it's a moment where it's like you're kind of connecting in a way that you both kind of understand. You're in the same spot. We might be on the stage and they're in the audience, but all of a sudden you have some kind of like connection. We're of the same soul. And that, that to me is, that's when it works. And, and, and it's not like you're trying to make it work, but that's when it works. That's what I, that's what I get out of it. 
Yeah. And of course, I, I love to give more. I don't want to be a selfish dude. Like I just, I'm there to get something from it. You know, it's like what we give that, that, that is the important thing at a sponge show. Absolutely. It's like you're giving, everyone's giving. I always feel like when I, you know, I go to show, everyone tries to bring, I hope everyone tries to bring their best self, you know, we're all, we're the highest we can be, you know, in more ways than one sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well that's rock and roll <laughs> that is rock and roll by the way i gotta say i love this advice i was reading a little article and maybe many many years ago and your advice was clear liquor on show days brown liquor on off days <laughs> i still live by that marla you do is that <laughs> I, is it because it's it cleaner you gotta be clean did you get too effed up on brown liquor or what's the theory there Vin? No, it messes with your stomach. It's ah. more it's more acidic. And, you know, it's like alcohol anyway. It's like, you know, it, it's my ear, nose, and throat guy was just like, you know, it just he was like, just no, don't don't even drink anything. But, it, you know, it's so oh, hard. Oh, really? Did he say that? Right. He's like, well, you know, you shouldn't be drinking anyway. But um, Damn doctors, it, they're so no fun sometimes. Well, I told him, I said, I've cut way back on my cocaine. <laughs> well, that's something, right? Are you doing cocaine? I go, no, just kidding. Just kidding. Relax. Yeah, they get a little freaked out when, you, when you're too honest. My <laughs> friends are like, what are you being so honest for? Oh, I thought I was supposed to be. It's my doctor. No. Yeah, well, I mean, that that's for real. They can tell what you've been doing, though. I, I went to an ear, nose, and throat guy in L.A. many, many years ago, you know, in the early days of Sponge and he um, sat down and, and he looked up my nose and he says, you've either been doing a lot of cocaine or you broke your nose. Oh God, <laughs> really? Oh. And, and I go, uh, oh. <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny when I go to a show, I'm like, I'm what's on a natural high beer and pot. Right. I mean, exactly. hello, yeah. that just it comes from the earth. So it's okay. <laughs> so wh- let, one last thing, cause I know you got to go and it's been really fun chatting, man. I it's just great to, you know, just to talk to you, it's an honor. It really is. Mosh pits. What do, what do you think? Are they ever going to, you think we're ever going to see a mosh pit again? Oh, yeah, of course. That's not going to go away. That'll never go away. Not, I mean, of course, at, at a sponge show, I don't know. that We may be past that. We may be yeah. past, because now, you know, people might break a hip. <laughs> you know what? It's, people it's, can hurt themselves. If they want to mosh, God bless them. You know, it's it's one of those things. If that's what you want to do, have at it. We see them, you know, people joking around at our shows like they're going to start moshing. But, of course, they're joking around. They might be bumping into two or three of their friends, but they shut it down real quick. Uh, the folks that are doing actually shut it down, not security. But, yeah, of course, we'll see a mosh pit. People don't like, yeah. I remember, you know, I was in my 20s, and I saw I had the pleasure of seeing Carl Perkins Carl Perkins. Yep. And I had broken my foot, you know, doing something stupid. And I was on an cane and I was at a club and I was out kind of right by the stage and there was like a freaking mosh pit happened during Carl Perkins. I was like, whoa, I had to get out the hell. I had to hightail it out of there. To, I didn't hurt myself anymore. So that must, must have been a punk rock club. Well, yeah. You know, people like to get crazy. That's what we like. That's why like we like to be together. We want to get crazy together and, you know, see our exactly. friends. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I wish you lots of luck. I mean, I can't wait to come out to the West Coast. I'm going to keep an eye out for you guys. I'll look for your live shows. 
it's been really a pleasure. Vin Dombrowski from Sponge, keeping it alive, man. Thank you so much for all your work over all these years. You never give up. Do you have a motto? Because it seems like you should. <laughs> What's the Vin motto? Clear liquor on show days, brown liquor on days off. Dude, we already knew that one. That's an old, that's already old. We already knew that. I'm, you seem like a positive guy. Rock on, man. Rock on. I really okay. appreciate everything. Thank you so much, Finn. And thanks for the time. And, you know, stay strong, man. Stay strong. Thanks, Marla. Okay. Thank you. Thanks to Vinny Dombrowski of Sponge. Check out his virtual shows on Facebook Live. And you can keep in touch with the band at spongetheband.com. Upcoming festival news on Festival Nation. At the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally in South Dakota, that ran from August 7th through the 16th, some 2,500,000 people attended during the 10-day event, which was part motorcycle show, roller derby, and a string of evening concerts. A number of bands performed, including Night Ranger, Molly Hatchet, 38 Special, Reverend Horton Heat, Lit, Quiet Riot, and Smash Mouth. During Smash Mouth's set, lead singer Steve Harwell shouted, We're all here together tonight. Fuck the COVID shit. The mostly non-socially distanced, unmasked crowd added much hooting and hollering. The concerns for health officials, they say, is this mass gathering has the potential to be a super spreader event. Also coming up and still going forward is the Lockin Festival in Arrington, Virginia. On this rescheduled date, that is now the first weekend of October, promoters say that concerts goers will be required to wear masks and there'll be socially distanced viewing areas, cashless transactions and enhanced sanitation. There'll also be a mobile testing lab on site at the entrance to conduct COVID-19 screenings with rapid test results. Once negative, a concert goer can enter, but then will be required to stay the entire weekend. The promise is there'll be plenty of room to spread out. Coming up next on Festival Nation, you'll hear from talent booker Chris Porter from the Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival in San Francisco, and you'll hear what tricks they have up their sleeves for their virtual 2020 event. Also coming up on Festival Nation, we'll talk to Dead & Company's Oteo Burbridge, Jerry Garcia Band's Melvin Seals, and rock and roll photographer Jay Blakesburg. These are some interviews I did before Skull and Roses, which was forced to postpone their 2020 festival until 2021. I know you'll enjoy them. We'll also be keeping the spirit alive by featuring retrospectives in upcoming episodes about some of your favorite past festivals. Please reach out and share with me your favorite festival memories. Shoot me an email, festivalnationpodcast at gmail.com, or hit me up on social on Facebook and Instagram at Festival Nation and on Twitter at Nation Festival. And check out all of our podcasts at the Pantheon Podcast Network at Pantheon Pods. Any music used in this Festival Nation podcast is owned by the artist and is used for educational and illustration purposes only support your local musicians thanks for checking out liking sharing and following festival nation on the pantheon podcast network and wherever you listen to your podcasts talk to you next time we will get by we will survive peace peace love and music thanks for being part of the tribe 
from Marla Davies and everyone here at Festival Nation. Until next time, tune in, turn on. <laughs>